Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 236 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. I just completed this podcast, but I got to be honest. It sounded like I had it uploaded. I was about to upload it, and it sounded like garbage. What I'm talking about is envisioning where wildlife management laws will be 10 years from now. That is what I was talking about. It's such a hard question because I think it depends on uh, not only just a, a national level, but it's mostly state to state driven politically. And I used to think it was all because of whatever leanings of that political state. But then you add the politics of the wildlife boards and commissions themselves, and you could get a whole host of different directions, different outcomes. If you look at the laws that have been passed over time, it's been mostly a tightening or creating more control by states to limit activities. That's just how it is. Uh, before it was, you could uh, you had to you could only harvest so many animals, but now they put a time limit. You can only harvest animals between this time frame. And now you can only harvest animals between this time frame with this weapon. And now you can only harvest animals between this time with this weapon using this equipment. And so what I'm seeing um, is a tightening of the controls of states over wildlife. Now, that's not always bad because the reason wildlife laws were, in my opinion, implemented is because of... Uh, the commercialization and the processing of game. Look at what they were doing to waterfowl. Look at the passenger pigeon. Look at the bison and all the different species that have gone extinct due to just overhunting. I'm not talking about uh, the natural. They were uh, a bird that just was flightless and then a predator got released and then they died. I'm talking about just overhunting, the commercialization of hunting, those type of things. Laws, I feel, have gone the, the direction of conservation. Uh, since the 30s till now, you've seen more of it focused on preserving wildlife, expanding those areas, and working towards those management practices that best promote the conservation of wildlife. But I also feel there's been a shift, uh, and it could be a political shift. It could be just the way the needs of today versus how it was in the 50s and the 60s, there's been a shift where it's moving away from preserving wildlife for hunting purposes to preserving wildlife to allow wildlife to just be, so to be, so to speak. Uh, when I was in college, there was handful of us that uh, were hunters within that group studying wildlife ecology and management and all the rest. It was such an interesting conversation because uh, there was a lot of East Coast, West Coast people that came to our school. And when I was talking with them, it was such a different way of viewing wildlife than I ever have. I grew up with ag and look at and view animals at a completely different perspective than these people who were on these coastal states who had never even held a gun 
let alone hunt it. They didn't understand. They got their food from the store. And you can go on and hear this conversation on social media all the time. People don't necessarily understand where their food's coming from. And they would ask me why I wanted to hunt elk when I could just go to the store and buy beef or whatever it is. Um, and so there was just a real different uh, view of wildlife and how they look at wildlife. Uh, they viewed wildlife as an opportunity to take a picture and to just fill as you are one with nature, so to speak. Um, where I grew up hunting, providing food for your family, teaching the importance of being outdoors, just a whole different mentality. And I feel, I feel, I don't know. And cause each each state is going each they're take, taking each law and altering it in such a way. But I feel like, especially in the coastal states, they're moving away from that hunting, going more towards the uh, non-consumptive, just allowing wildlife to be. And it's so interesting to see. They're changing and they're amending policies constantly. Uh, they're really worried about certain things. Uh, states are, depending on what state you're in. Uh, some are worried about climate change. Others are worried uh, about how the animals themselves feel. And so you're starting to see some uh, legislation change. Whether cougars is a, is a good topic uh, to talk about. Uh, how states are managing them. Some some states are doing away with the use of dogs in hunting cougars, and other states are just like the state of Utah is saying, hey, anytime you see a cougar, shoot it. And so I think it's a, a political environment, but then there's also the wildlife board. Depending on how they're being pushed, they're going to vote certain ways. I think wildlife laws are going to change in human wildlife conflicts. Now, right now, uh, depending on states, uh, if wildlife comes into your area of the woods and you feel unsafe, then wildlife agency has to come in and move it. But there's wildlife laws now being enacted to protect wildlife from humans. Uh, if you have a moose coming through your neighborhood, you have to stay clear of the moose. It has every right to be there. I'm not opposed to those things. I, I grew up in an area that has wildlife. I'm aware that if you are out and about and you see a moose, you shouldn't run up behind it and try to pet it on its rump because it's going to kick the crap out of you. Uh, if you see bears in your backyard, you shouldn't go out and try to be best friends with the bear because most likely it's going to eat you or your dog, Toto. Um I'm, I'm comfortable with places enacting those laws becoming more tolerant of wildlife. Uh, there's places here in Utah, especially around Park City, where they don't want moose to be moved at all. They want people to be found at fault and not the animals themselves. Uh, there was a situation where a lady's dog got kicked by a moose and the Division of Wildlife people were brought in to move the moose and the residents basically stopped the moose from being moved. Uh, they didn't want it darted. They didn't want it moved a mile away into a, a more, a better environment for the moose. They wanted it left there and division employees ultimately decided that they were going to leave the moose there. But you're starting to see more wildlife uh, friendly laws 
uh, residential areas when they're being built in uh, habitat that's good for deer, elk, or moose or pronghorn or whatever it is, uh, they are now requiring certain type of landscapes and shrubs to be put in that are wildlife friendly as well as native. And so you're going to start seeing more of those type of laws. Sometimes I feel like those laws are feel good laws. Like, Hey, we're going to go in and take this habitat that's pristine and we're going to put a neighborhood in there. And, but we're going to make sure the habitat is friendly. But then if the wildlife come in and eat the habitat, I don't feel safe. So I want you to come move it. Uh, it's kind of, it's weird. These laws are, are weird. There's also way more community involvement. I feel now, um, and maybe social media and all the different platforms that people like myself are talking about wildlife. Uh, maybe that's keeping more people connected, but like, when I was younger, you didn't necessarily, I mean, everybody complains about wildlife management they have for, since its inception, uh, people have always been mad about wildlife and how these laws are enacted. But I feel like there's more engagement and not necessarily from the hunters. Uh, you're getting more from the non-consumptives, those non-users that just want to view wildlife. There's more participation that's happening from them. Uh, look at Colorado and the wolves. They got a lot of non-hunters and they got a lot of involvement, a lot of signatures, and now they are bringing wolves into the state. Uh, I don't necessarily think the, the hunters there find that too thrilling. And so you're starting to see a lot more community involvement. Public opinion is starting to sway. Uh, and it will be really interesting to see where things are going. In episode 235, I talked about uh, the state of Utah wants to uh, remove scopes from muzzleloaders. I think with technology advancements, you're also going to see a change. Who knows what those are going to be? Uh, who, who knows? Um, it'll be really interesting. Who thought that... 20 years ago or 30 years ago that you'd have a muzzleloader that could reach out to eight or 900 yards. Who knew that you could have, uh, you know, an eight by 32 scope that could basically zoom in and see the tick on a, on a elk's butt, you know, like who knew all these things were going to be possible. And so with technology advancements, uh, our state's going to have to start putting more and more restrictions on those. Because that's what they are. They're restrictions. These laws are restricting us from, from doing some of the things that we want to do that may or may not be beneficial. Some of them are going to be biologically driven to protect the species. Others are going to be social. I think that social side of legislation is what's really going to drive the laws more social than biological. Uh, and it'll be basically based on the political swings of the states as well as their wildlife boards and their commissions. I think mostly social. That's just how I, I feel. I feel. I don't know, but I, that's how I feel these directions are going to go, whether that's good or bad. You guys are going to have to let me know. How do you feel about uh, the wildlife laws and how they've been changing uh, each and every year, how they change or restrict something else. Because as technological advancements, environmental changes, and, and uh, residential building and all these things come into play, big game management has to evolve and laws help us evolve in one direction or another. All right, you guys, have a great day. Stay wild.